we've been in a faith series. Hello, Kelly. We've been in a faith series talking about all different kinds of faith. Last week, we talked about the faith of this centurion and how it amazed Jesus. And uh, as we're actually praying for the kids this morning, I thought, wouldn't it be great if we all had faith like little children, you know? And I was watching The Chosen, actually, and there was this one of the children with Jesus and at the end he had to leave but he made these handcrafted horses for the little girl and when she came back to find him he'd had these two handcrafted little horses and it really hit me in the heart and I thought wow Lord you just you just know you just know us he just knew that little girl would come back and he had something just very cool that he'd hand made for her hand crafted for her. It struck me that I thought, you have handcrafted us. You you have designed us. You you have designed us all unique. He he's designed the gifting inside of you. He's put a vision and a mission inside every single one of us that's unique. And even those two horses were different that he handcrafted not one of Not one of anything that God makes is the same. Think about that. Not one thing that God makes is the same. They're all, everything he does is unique because he's so creative. How could he, how could he just go in and do something the same? He's so creative. He's like, no, I'm going to change that. He's so creative. He's so colorful. He's so incredible the way he makes things. And you know, everything he made, he made by his word. We were talking about faith in his word. Faith that amazed him was just faith in his word. But today we're talking about faith and action, faith and action and how those two things come together. I've told you all to write down your dreams and visions today. So we're going to have an anointing service at the end where we pray over your dreams and visions for 2024. What does that mean? And if you haven't done it, grab a piece of paper, grab something and write a couple of things down and you can get them prayed for. But what does that mean? I'm talking about the desires of your heart. Put down the desires of your heart. God is the person who put the desires in your heart there in the first place. He puts them there so he can accomplish them. If he didn't want to accomplish them, he wouldn't put them in your heart. Amen. And so don't be, don't be like all like religious and go, oh, I'm not going to put that because it's not very, you know, I, I mean, I just want what you want, God. But God wants what you want too. You know, he put, he, he made you like that so that you can dream. He's given you a creative dreaming machine. Your heart and your mind together can dream together for God's glory. And I, I wanted to call this sermon, which is going to be short, hopefully. Just imagine, just imagine. Say, just imagine. I want you to just imagine. So I thought, Lord, what is my dream? What am I imagining? And I wrote this down. It just came out of my heart in one foul swoop, one beautiful swoop. Just imagine, this is what I imagine. Just imagine a church full of committed, passionate, obedient Christians, full of God's power, transforming their local community, drenching it in prayer, stepping out in faith, winning people to Jesus every week, seeing healings, miracles, and deliverance as part of our everyday life. Imagine, 
a church where every member lives with no lack of finances, in full health, with joy bursting out of them because of God's goodness and his faithfulness. Imagine a church where the presence of God is so thick, you can see a cloud of glory resting on us. People walk into our services and get instantly healed and set free. A place where Jesus is seen and heard clearly. A place of unbridled praise and worship for our King. And that is my dream. And I believe that nothing's impossible with God. And I believe that that is, that is completely possible for God to do in this place. And I believe that God has called us for such a unique mission, a unique calling to run our race that he set out for us. And I was reading in the scriptures about the Apostle Paul because I think, oh, my goodness, the Apostle Paul was just one crazy guy, right? He, he, he had such a strong sense of mission such a strong sense of vision. He was knocked off his horse. He was literally blinded by Jesus and then he saw the light. It was black and white for Apostle Paul, black and white. And he he often got arrested. <laughs> you know, it says actually there's a story in Acts 20 where Paul Paul was there and he was preaching for so long. He was, it said that he stayed until midnight preaching and there was a young boy that was just sat there listening and he was listening for so many hours. I mean, you think I preached for a long time. He preached, she preached till midnight. This boy got a little bit tired of listening and fell out the window and died. Fell out from three stories high, fell out the window and died. Apostle Paul ran down, laid hands on him, got raised him from the dead. The boy was dead, laid hands on him, raised him from the dead and said to the crowd, don't worry, he's cool. How good is that? The Apostle Paul was causing such a stir within the religious sects. I mean, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. The Apostle Paul was religious as they come. And then he got transformed with an encounter with Jesus Christ. He got so transformed. He got on fire for God. He went through all of these areas. He went on mission and he caused havoc wherever he went. He got arrested. He got whipped. He got, he, he was in chains. The apostle Paul didn't care because the, the vision that he had of Jesus Christ sent him on this powerful mission. And we see in Acts 26, he gets arrested and he's standing in, in front of King Agrippa and giving his own defense. I won't say the whole story, but he's giving, he, he had the opportunity to give his own defense to the king. And he's saying, you know, the reason I'm got arrested right now is because of my hope. The hope in the promises of God to our forefathers. That's why you've arrested me. Because all I'm doing is I'm proclaiming the hope from heaven that Jesus is coming back. And he was out there saying that Jesus is the son of God. He's the savior of the world. And he was working miracles. He was raising people from the dead. It says there's a story where, 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 where he was just praying over handkerchiefs and people were coming to get the handkerchiefs and the cloths and going out and healing the sick and getting people delivered just off the cloths. Who wants a, who wants a revival again like that? Who wants a revival where people can just come up and brush past us and they go, Oh, what was that? The power, some power came out of you. Praise God. Jen got healed yesterday, last night. Give Jesus some, give Jesus a hand. I see people getting healed all the time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen anyway. He's giving his defense and 
Paul says this to the king in Acts 26 verse 8. We'll bring that up. Thanks, Andrew. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? But that's it. Why, why should we think it's incredible that God raises the dead? This was God's language. Raising the dead is God's, God's normal. He raised Jesus from the dead after three days. Paul's raising people from the dead. The apostles are raising people from the dead. I'm telling you, God says, if you believe, you can raise people from the dead. If you will believe it, if you will call my name out and you will raise, you will lay lay hands on the sick, you're going to see mighty miracles. If you believe like a child, like a childlike faith, we've got to get back to that church. Why were the miracles happening back then and they're not happening now when God has called us to the same mission? It's the same mission. It's the same vision. It's a calling my name out. Jesus is the saviour of the world. And what signs will follow? Signs and miracles will follow wherever my name is preached. Do you believe that? You can shout for glory. You can get excited. You can stand up on the chair. I'm not going to stop you. Amen. Same vision, the same mission. This microphone's a bit weird for me. It's all right. In Acts 26, verse 19, Paul says, Paul says in his defense, the same story, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. I was not disobedient to the vision. What's your vision? What's our vision? My vision is to see a church so set on fire transforming our community, that everybody that we get come into contact with has an encounter with Jesus Christ, that this, that we overflow in this place. Amen. I said this last week, but I really want to say it again, because I believe God's making an incredible, mighty army out of this church, a mighty army. I mean, I see you all like incredible, powerful soldiers, you know, not just that, but I see you as family as well. Family, great, but soldiers, that's where we're going. We're getting trained, fit for service. We have a mighty mission and, a, and, a, and we, need to, we need to fulfill the race that God called out for us to do. But soldiers with high morale, high morale. I think there's high morale in this place. I think there's some high morale here. Soldiers with high morale, they're not happy. Do you want me to swap? Thank you so much. Give Phil some encouragement. Doesn't he do a great job? Soldiers with high morale aren't, they're not happy, they're confident, they're secure, and they're enabled to perform. They're not well-fed, they're not rested, and they're not kept out of harm's way. No, this is the church of God. God is not calling us to be comfortable. God is not calling us to, to, to cry out for safety, to cry out for comfort to cry out for everything to be just perfect. That's not his want, what, what he's wanting from his church. What he's wanting from his church is a secure people, a people that know their identity in Christ. He's calling us to know our identity and our authority that he has given us, that he died on the cross to give us the power and the anointing that rests on us. That's what he's calling us to get a handle on. If you can get a handle on your identity, who you are, the authority that you wear, then we will go out and preach the gospel and there's no weapon formed against us that will prosper. Every time we say the name of Jesus, we will see a miracle. If we believe that in the name of Jesus, there'll be miracles, then we believe it. Do you know I got healed? God moved my bones. That's pretty incredible. I had a diving accident when I was 14 years old and completely wrecked my, my spine, my neck, my hips boom, unconscious, 
in the water from 10 metres high. <laughs> Crash. Messed up my whole body. When I met Jesus Christ, I found out that if you prayed in the name of Jesus, you could be healed. I just believed it. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any reason not to believe it. I was a brand new believer. That's what they told me. They said it's written in the book. I said, okay, I believe that. So pray for me, do it to me, heal me. And two hours under the power of God and by his name, his holy name, Jesus, I was healed supernaturally. He moved my bones. I stand here straight. I was crooked in more ways than one. Very crooked. And now I'm straight. Well, kind of. Mostly. Nearly. A little bit crooked some places. He's a miracle worker. If he moved my bones, he can raise the dead. If he raised the dead, he can move miracles in your life. Do you believe that? Amen. Enabled to perform. Functionality is so important in the body of Christ right now. I've been an evangelist my, my whole life. I've been an evangelist on staff in a big mega church for 15 years. I had position and no functionality. I would get blueprints from heaven and go, this is how we could win the lost. But I had no functionality, no authority, no authority to function. And I believe God's calling this church to function as he sees it. He's calling us to function. And that is why we need to identify our gifting and our calling so that we can function. Now you've got a pastor here that understands what it's like to not be able to function and the frustration of being held back. And you've got a pastor right here that's going to go, go you good thing. I want to release you to function in your gifting, train you encourage you and cheer you on. And that is my dream. My dream is that your dreams will come to pass. Amen. The army that God is building is incredible. Imagine, let's just imagine, a concentrated, committed, pounding effect on Penrith. Imagine a concentrated, committed, pounding effect in prayer on Penrith. Imagine a concentrated, committed, pounding effect in Penrith in evangelism. That we put all our focus, our resource, our time, our energy into one area, Penrith. And imagine if we are not scattered all over the place doing all different things, but imagine if we all come together as a mighty, mighty army and, and, we, and we're in unity and we decide that Penrith is our mission field. Imagine, imagine if we get focused enough to, put to, to function in the strategy that God's given us. I believe God's given me a strategy for Penrith. Sorry, I get emotional because for me to be able to implement finally something that was being downloaded from heaven and have the authority to actually release it is a new day for me. It's a new day. It's a new day and it's crazy that he's put this evangelist slash pastor, pastor slash, I'm an evangelist, but I'm a pastor. I love you. But at my heart, my heart beats for souls. My heart beats for new people. Imagine a church 
that has brand new born again believers in it every single week, due regeneration, generation, regeneration, born again, born again, born again. I see it. I see green shoots. And then we get people born again. They see Jesus for the first time. And then we have an incredible discipleship process. We use Alpha to, 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 you know, to teach people the word of God. And then, then we send them on into, to college and to study the word of God online. And we, 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 we're getting together a mighty army growing in power, growing in revelation, growing in might, growing, and we are getting stronger and wider. And we are going to take out into the streets of Penrith and we're going to snatch souls. And I'm telling you, today is the day of a great new beginning. It is the day that the Lord has made. His mercy is new every day and he's pouring out his great anointing on us, church. I don't know if you're sensing the excitement that I'm feeling, but this is a great new day today and he's about to pour out his spirit on you. And I'm just so excited that God is finally going to be able to move in his church and we're not going to get stuck in tradition and we're not going to get stuck in religion and we're not going to get stuck on three songs and one half half an hour sermon and we're not going to get stuck on that stuff and we're just going to, we're going to go forth with might and power as God leads us and we're are surrendered, surrendered to where he wants to take us. We have, I've got a strategy I see so clearly. I see evangelism is our strategy in prayer, how prep, you know, prayer is the work and evangelism is the mopping up. Do you know that? We've got a mighty prayer team swirling. I've asked Sarah Shepherd to, uh, to lead a group of intercessors. Sarah, stand up for me. I, 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 I've asked her to lead this because of her heart for intercession, for her heart for prayer. She's, 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 a, she's, she's not after power. She's not after that. But that's why I've asked her to lead this powerful intercessory group because I believe that evangelism needs prayer undergirding it at every angle. And so, Lord, I thank you for Sarah Shepherd. Reach out your hands. Thank you for Sarah Shepherd, Lord. I thank you. Give her heaven's strategy for this team that she would. I, I see it bursting forth. Sarah, you are that 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 uh, earth mover, an earth mover. I see. I see the prayer digging, 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 digging. I see you moving mountains with this earth mover, but you are the earth, you are the earth mover. And I thank you that you are going to anoint other earth movers. And there's going to be this great army of prayer, this humming, this engine room going towards the main, this, this incredible main evangelism catch of fish at the end of the year. Father, I pray that you would just anoint her fresh today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Give her some encouragement. I've asked David Tybo, 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 I always get Tybos. David Tybos, stand up. This mighty evangelist soul winner has such a heart for people. Like yesterday, I called him a social terrorist. He's a social terrorist. I don't know if you walk down the street with him, you'll realize what I'm talking about. He accosts every person. G'day, mate. How you going? The gift of evangelism's on your life. I've asked him to lead a team of, of, of evangelists, of people who are keen on soul winning. Go talk to him after the service. I pray a fresh anointing over you, Dave. A fresh anointing over you, God, for leadership, for so that people would just catch your spirit for souls. And I thank you for great miracles and healings to follow as you preach Jesus. I thank you that I thank you that this is God's promise for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him some encouragement. 
I've asked Andrew Morton, Andrew Morton, stand up. I've asked Andrew Morton to, to head up discipleship. When, when, when Dave catches the fish, he's going to throw them to Andrew and Andrew's going to gut and clean them. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Charlie's going to chuck them back. Andrew, a new anointing is coming upon your life. And I thank you for the heart to see people find their own identity. That's what makes that man. That's what makes him his heart beat. He loves to see people find their identity in Christ. And I thank you that you're going to help them find. Thank you for Andrew. Reach out your hands. We thank you for a fresh anointing on him in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. These are just some of the some of the mighty men that are and women who are rising up in this hour. We can't do anything without strong administration and leadership. And I just want Paul and Jen to stand up wherever you are. Paul and Jen Burke, why don't you just pray for them? Reach out your hands. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing of administration and their pastoral hearts, their beautiful pastoral hearts. We thank you, Lord, that that they push this church forwards and the way they do it is in perfect timing and in perfect strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them some encouragement. Amen. Amen. Sarah and Stephen Brown, I've asked to to head up college, C3 College, because, you know, like your pastor's an evangelist. You often get inspirational teaching. You get motivational teaching. But some people I know have a hunger for the word to go deeper, to know more. And I've asked uh, Stand Up Sarah and Stephen Brown to head up C3 College online so that they're going to put some courses together for you guys. If anybody's interested in going deeper into the word, in doing a study online course, come and see the Browns. I pray a fresh anointing on this couple, a fresh anointing on this couple, Lord, to lead this forward. Thank you for their teaching gift, their, their, their deep love of the word of God, their deep love of the church. And we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Sarah, we stand up. We thank you, God, for this incredible leader who's going to lead us with unbridled praise and worship. We thank you, God, for her sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We thank you for a fresh touch right now. And we thank you for strategies, songs. I see you leading this whole team into finding our own sound, our own song. And it's going to spring up, spring up like a well of rushing, beautiful, clear, clean water. In Jesus' name, God said, just get quiet with me and I'm going to give you these songs. Amen. In Jesus' name, give her some encouragement. So good. We have some connect leaders. Phil Jagger, the men's group, stand up. Lynn Jagger, stand up. The women's group. Gabby's going to start a group. Stand up, Gabby. And these these are our connect leaders. If you need to be connected during the week, you can go and see these guys. Actually, we'll bring up the men's connect slide right now. It's coming up on the 10th, as is the women's connect on the same day. The boys are having the brekkie at Settlers. And the women are, ha- there you go, see, feel for details. And the women are having a lunch on the 10th at Lures. So come see me for that. Unfortunately, our Linny can't make that one, but she's going to do another connect group on the 20th. She does some craft and prayer and all that stuff. So go see Linny if you're keen. Gabby's decided to step up and do a six-week course with Louis Giglio's uh, course on how to not give the enemy a seat at your table. That's a good one. So go see Gabby if you're interested in that. We want more connect groups. 
If you're keen, it's on your heart to run a connect group, come and see me after the service. I would love to empower you to do that. I see this strategy clear, church. Let me just roll it out to you. At the end of the year, in on November the 15th, we're going to have an incredible event. It's going to be in a temporary structure. Oh, that was underwhelming. It's going to be in the same on the same plot of dirt that we had before down there and it's going to be a miraculous catch of fish. It's going to be a harvest opportunity where in this temporary structure we are going to see souls saved, people healed, people delivered, people set free, people coming to Christ for the very first time. It's going to be a great groundswell of what we've done all year. Leading into that event is going to be monthly evangelism opportunities in the park on a Sunday straight after church. Dave's going to lead it. We're going to have a sausage sizzle. Where is it? Sunday barbecue in the park. Do you like those hot dogs? See, they're anointed hot dogs. No, sausage sanger, music and good yarns. We reckon that we should get the church outside, be seen. It's not going to be weird. It's going to be, you're going to have a social terrorist there. If you want to go and speak to people and see how he's doing it, then that's great. But if you want to come and pray, you can pray. There's going to be an opportunity there for that or just come for a yarn. It's about community, family, getting outside of the walls of the church. If it's raining, don't worry. We'll put it on the next week. It's not a biggie. But we're going to do it once a month because I believe that if we get outside of the walls and we start talking to strangers, people that we don't know, and it's an opportunity to invite people that maybe are a little bit opposed to coming to church, we can say, don't worry, come to a barbie. Come to the barbie. It's a group of people. We're getting together. But we want to make evangelism normal. If we we have nine opportunities, we have February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, before this temporary structure comes to pass, then we're going to be making evangelism. We're going to have nine stabs at it every single month. We are breaking the ground. We are stepping out in faith. What if we only speak to one person on that barbecue? Well, Jesus died for the one. The main thing is we're functioning as a body. We are using our gifts to win the loss. We're going on God's mission with him. It's his vision. It's his mission that we're going on. Amen. Who's up for Sunday barbecues? And just a big shout out to the technical team. I wanted to thank Justin Burke with a big, big, can you stand up, Justin? Justin has helped us with the website, with the look, with all this fresh look. Can we thank him? Thank you so much, Justin. We love you. You know, I went to Reinhard Bonke's evangelism school in Singapore years ago, and he talked about the three-pronged milking stool and how every event, massive, mass evangelism event, needed the three-pronged milking stool. And those three prongs were administration, technical team, and ministry. And if you don't have one of those things, the thing's going to fall over. 
and they come with equal parts. It's just as important the administration that goes behind an event. It's just as important the technical team to come behind the event as it is the ministry. There's not one that's better than the other. They're equally, equally balanced. And that's what I see. I see many, many people rising up in all different areas across this church so that we're functioning like a balanced, beautiful army and family. Amen. And so without further ado, I did want to just quickly talk to you about how the mission and the vision always rests on somebody's revelation, like the Apostle Paul had a revelation and then he went out on mission. When you get a revelation, you have an encounter with Jesus, you see it clearly, then you go on mission. And I wanted to invite Paul Burke up to just to share with you a revelation that he had, which I think is super key and super powerful. So why don't we welcome Paul? And then I'm going to pray for your dreams. Good morning, everyone. Wow. What a, what a day. What a day. Start of new season. Thank you, Pastor Nick for the privilege and the opportunity to share on how we respond to God's vision for his church, our church. At a recent Wednesday prayer meeting, I received a revelation that God will provide all that we desire for our families and for ourselves in response to our faithfulness in prioritizing his vision for his church in Penrith as our own. And I found this revelation and truth in Scripture. 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17 is the story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman. So if we go quickly through that, one day Elisha went to Shunamman and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can come stay there whenever he comes to us. One day, Elisha came. He went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant, Gehazi, Call her Shunammite. So he called her, and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, Tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, She has no son, and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, Call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, You will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about the same time, She gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. I see some uh, crucial insights from this story. Firstly, the Shunammite woman built Elisha an upper chamber over the top 
of her house. This is symbolic. She placed God's vision over the top of her own. She also made space in her daily life for God. Secondly, the Shunammite woman furnished the room with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. The bed represents a place of rest or restoration. When we make the vision of our church our own, we open ourselves up for God to begin restoration process in our lives. The table represents spiritual food and nourishment that we receive when we are in a community of believers. The chair represents us seated in our position in the body of Christ. And the lamp represents the revelations that will flow into our lives when we give the Holy Spirit his proper priority. Thirdly, Elisha was blessed by the woman's support and hospitality. To bless her in return, he asked what she desired. God knew the desires of the woman's heart. While seemingly impossible due to the age of her husband, due to her obedience, she gave birth to a son. Reproduction was the result of the Shumanite woman allowing the vision of God's man to become her own. Just imagine what could happen for God's kingdom, our church, and in our own lives and the lives of our families when we take the vision of our church, God's church, as our own. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to us as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the exciting vision that you have given us and, and for your church in this place. And as we sit now and imagine Penrith as a city totally one for you, I pray that each will commit to making this vision our own. Father, I pray that we make, make room for you to, what, to do what you need to do in our lives to make this vision a reality. And Father, I pray that as we open our hearts and our minds to this vision, your Holy Spirit will reveal to each one of us how we can serve your church. And as we eagerly commit by faith to our part in pursuing your vision, Father, we believe that you will bless us. Revelations, Father, not just revelations, actual blessings, birthing of our desires, just as there were for the Shunammite woman. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How good is that? Yeah, come on, stand up and give some breath. That was awesome. You nailed it, Paul. You nailed it. Amazing. Come on. And can we thank him for all his incredible hard work for this church in his heart? Reach out your hands. I thank you, Lord, for this mighty man of God and beautiful Jen.
I thank you for his heart for this church, Lord. I thank you, God, that he pours out his life in such an incredible way, Lord, towards this church. And I thank you you would reward him with the desires of his heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Thank you, Paul. That was wonderful. And uh, just to let you know, Paul Burke has come on staff for half a day, half a day a week. He works on the church six and a half days a week, and he gets paid for half a day. So welcome to our welcome to our staff. Um, it's amazing. What a great revelation, isn't it? First seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. I've got this, my special anointing oil, and uh, it's a special blend. You'll love it. Um, I'm going to pray for us all. We're going to just worship. And as we do, I'm just going to call row by row up. I'm going to start with the back row. So if the back row just wants to come and stand on the altar and bring your dreams and visions, I'm going to pray for each row. Once you've been prayed for, you can you can hang out. You can sit with God. You know what? I had a real vision of bringing our dreams and getting them anointed by God and then just sitting with the Lord. Just sit with it. So, yeah, come down the front uh, back row And uh, I'm just going to pray for every person here. Um, And while you're waiting for your dreams and visions to be prayed for, just enter into some praise and worship. But we'll pour, pour your spirit out, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.